0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. You know, just we, we talked about things that had transpired this week. We're singing that song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. This rose up on my spirit first service. Um, when you sing Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. He's only welcome. He'll only come to a place where everyone's welcome. I mean, he is the spirit of God, right? So when we sing that song, we mean it. I just want you to know, we mean it here at Tree Life. The Holy Spirit will only go where everyone's welcome. We could really, literally sing that song. I was thinking about this. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. I was thinking about, can sing it this way. Black people, you're welcome here. White people, you're welcome here. Brown people, you're welcome here. Rich people, you're welcome. Poor people, you're welcome. Old people, young people, everyone's welcome here. But Because we can't sing all that, because that's, that's a lot. Instead of all that, we sing... Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. It's the same thing. Yeah. Amen. So that's the heart of this house at Tree of Life Church. We just want you to know that. And we, we believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that in Jesus' name. So we're, we're taking a stand and having a voice. And we're believing God's changing our world through our prayers. So having said that, I want to just to let you know, we started this year, felt led of the Lord to just call 2020 a first fruit year as it is the first fruit for the decade, the next 10 years coming up. But this was a significant year. We started that in January. We, we began our prayer and fasting that way. And we are doing that every month. And so uh, what this month will look like, because we've asked you to consider fasting the first three days of the month, which is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week. Um, we're asking you, and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, during your fasting time, to spend some time in prayer, and we're praying for reconciliation and revival. We want you to pray specifically for the things that are happening in our nation, and, and the hurts, and the division, and the prejudices, because it's real. I don't care where you're it, It's real, and we need to address it prayerfully, and then find ways that we can speak up. Um, actually, all 1230... Um, times, Monday through Friday, that we have our, our devotionals are all going to be, uh, directed towards that. That's going to be the theme, the purpose of Monday through Friday during our 1230 time, jump online during that time. And then this Saturday will be the first Saturday of the month. And it's the Saturday that we, the first Saturday of the month that we designate, um, in-person prayer. So we're going to have prayer Saturday, 9 a.m. We'll have it all just like this. We'll have it with space right. We'll have every mask available. You bring your own or whatever that looks like. We'll follow all the rules so we can gather for prayer. And our prayer focus will be reconciliation and revival as well. So we're just going to take this whole week and focus on it. Amen? I mean, guys, that's a good thing to do. That's a godly thing to do. We need to do that as a church. All right. Hey, you saw all the announcements. You can go online. You can get all that. I want to move forward with the message today. Kind of set it up last week. We're going to look at the scripture today concerning the day of Pentecost. Let me say it this way, happy day of Pentecost, everybody, which I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And so we're going to tell you today, but today is a significant day. I mean, throughout the, I don't know how many thousands of years, it goes back to when God established A covenant with his people, then when he was bringing them through out of bondage, he took them through the wilderness, the journey into the promised land. There's some things he established. One of those is the Feast of Pentecost, and so today is really historically the day that it's celebrated. So we were really excited to look ahead to today and talk about having or planning our in-person gathering on the day of Pentecost, because it was the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit power and the establishment of the church. And so I think, then how, what a great time to come back and regather. No, we never close, so we've always been open, not reopen, but regather in person on the day that we celebrate the birth of the church because of the Holy Spirit power. Uh, I'm also what we look at is, um, we're going to look at all three feasts that we see in the Scripture to give you a better understanding of the day of Pentecost, of really the outpouring of God's power. So I kind of set it up a little bit last week. We're going to launch into it today and the next several weeks. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and how important it is, especially in today's world to live a powerful Christianity instead of a powerless Christianity, and how God always intended for his people to live, and so what he established in the word, I want to bring that to you today. So we're talking about Pentecost Sunday, and that's an interesting word, the the word Pentecost. Have you ever been asked by anybody, are you Pentecostal? And you know they're asking, are you crazy? (laughs) Right, Are are you? Do you run the aisles, and do you jump over pews, and do you spin wildly and fall out and all that kind of stuff? Or Today it might be, do you play the tambourine, which no. No tambourines, right? We're banning, quarantining all tambourines that will be confiscated at the door. You know, do you do all that kind of stuff? And so, no. Uh, Pentecost Sunday has a different meaning about the outpouring of the power of God. And let me say this, that it's significant to talk about today in light of where our country is because it's the outpouring, and you'll see, the outpouring of the power of God that began to break barriers cult- between cultures and break down walls between peoples and people groups and languages. It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that was intentional by God. And the greatest gathering of the most diverse people at one time, the greatest gathering of diversity at one time, God poured his power out to break down all the barriers between the Cultures and establishes church that is significant tree of life church for all of us today. He intentionally did that. So I'm going to take a look at at Pentecost Sunday, and I want to start by looking at Acts one verses three through five and verse eight. When the day of Pentecost happens, you see the Holy Spirit being poured out, poured out, and the beginning of the church. So Acts one three through five, and then verse eight. It says this after his suffering. So this is after Jesus went to the cross and then was resurrected. So after Jesus went to the cross and was resurrected. He presented himself to them, the disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. He presented many convincing proofs. In fact, a lot of things. I, just, I think Jesus would have been a, a fun guy, a cool guy to hang out with because he, he, one of the things he liked to do was just walk through walls. He could have knocked on the door. I mean, he could have physically done that, right? But instead he just chose. I could see him like, hey, watch this, right? Just pop in. But you and I... If we had that superpower, we would do that too. And we would go in and scare everybody. And I don't know if he did or not, but he says, peace, peace, be still. It's just me. But he would do things to let people know that he was the real deal. He would show the hands, the holes in his hands and his side, and he would eat lunch with them. He'd eat fish with them and a particular story when he first showed up. But understand, it says for 40 days, he came back to the planet for 40 days to build the faith of the people of his followers, if you will, because you can imagine Jesus crucified, he's dead, he's gone, he's put in a tomb, he's put in a grave. So they needed their faith built up because all their hopes and dreams were just crushed in that moment. So he came to build their faith and came to give instruction to his disciples or to his followers. And so he, the Bible says he did that for 40 days. And I know what you're thinking. Well, 40 days, I, th- I thought you said this Pentecost, it's like 50. Well, I didn't tell you what Pentecost meant, but pente means five and costi is to the 10th power. So you got 5 to the 10th power, not a math genius, but I looked it up, I Googled it as Siri, and she told me that was 50, so it's 50. So at 40 days, him reappearing, engaging with his disciples, building their faith, and giving instruction to his follower. Now that's a significant number, 40, because anytime you see that number in the Bible, it is the number of preparation. It means preparation. And so, you can look all throughout Scripture in the Old Testament, well, let's start with Jesus' life. Before He began His ministry, the Bible says that He went out to the wilderness and He fasted and prayed for 40 days. That was a time of preparation and he began his ministry. Now, you can go back now and you can look at when Noah built the ark. It said it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. It was preparation for a new beginning on the planet. When the people of God, God's people rather, came out of Egypt and they wandered in the wilderness 40 years before they entered the promised land. So you see, all throughout scripture, the number 40 has significance in time of preparation. Well, it's still short... We're still short a few days. So here's what it says. We're short 10 days. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave him this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. I've been telling you about this. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, he'll be baptized with the spirit. John baptized the message of repentance. But you, why are we gonna be baptized in the spirit? But you will receive power You're going to do it because of power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, everywhere. It doesn't matter what color they are, what language they are, how they live, what culture. I'm giving you power to reach the planet. So the day of Pentecost is recognizing the outpouring of God's power that the church needed. So they went to Jerusalem just as instructed, and they were in the upper room for 10 days. So the 40 days that Jesus was on the planet and then he ascended to heaven, they went to wait for the outpouring of the promise of God's power for 10 more days and they came out on the day of Pentecost, which meant 50 days have passed since Passover. Are you with me? Hey, nothing's random by God and this isn't made up by man. This is how God established it. And so he created this whole scenario to land on the day of Pentecost because he wanted us to receive and walk in his power. And here's how I want to explain it to you. So in order for me to really help you understand the day of Pentecost or the Feast of Pentecost, we need to look at all three major feasts that the children of Israel were instructed to follow to be put in remembrance or to remind them what God did for them on their journey out of slavery, out of bondage. 400 years in bondage in Egypt, and God brought them out. If you remember the story, God brought them out. He sent them a deliverer, um, brought them out of Egypt. He sent them Charlton Heston to bring them out of Egypt. Come on some of young people are like, I thought it was Moses. What, I don't know this Charlton Heston guy. And so he brought him out into the wilderness, right? You remember the Cecil B. DeMille movie, right? And so he brought him out into the wilderness. And so, but what he told him was, okay, now this is the last plague. Pharaoh has hardened his heart. And here's what, how this is going to happen. I'm going to send the death angel among the streets of, uh, of Egypt there. And everyone, anyone that has the blood of a sacrificial lamb over the do- doorpost, the death angel will pass over them and they will be saved. They will be rescued because of the blood of the lamb that was sacrificed. And so they called that event Passover. Very creative. Makes sense to me. The death angel came, saw the blood. He passed over the Hebrew children. And so then they were let free and they left the bondage of Egypt. He says, I want you to celebrate a feast called Passover and remember that I brought you out of Egypt. And my the, the death angel passed over you because the sacrificial lamb. And then he took them on a journey, to, and, and on their journey, they ended up at the, the base of Mount Sinai, and, and Moses went up on top of the mountain. <laughs> if you remember the movie, Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments, just to meet with God, and all of a sudden, there's the people down are, are watching the mountain, and Moses has been gone a while, and there's this, this loud noises, and there's thunder, and there's lightning, and these loud noises, and they see fire fall on the mountain, and, and fire comes and writes the law, uh, how his... God's people were to live on a stone tablets, and, and Moses comes down the mountain and, and he sees the people. They've been waiting for him and they has instruction on how they were to live. God was telling them how to live as a people. And then they continued on and unfortunately wandered in the in the wilderness for 40 years. And then God brings them out into the promised land. And they had been wandering in the wilderness. So uh let me tell you, Passover feast was when the death angel passed over them because of the sacrificial blood of the lamb. And then the Lord or God brought them on the day of Pentecost, 50 days later, he brought them the law and how they would live their life. And then on the not last feast is the Feast of Tabernacles, which is they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and then they were being brought into their permanent home. Tabernacle is the tent where the presence of God would dwell. And so Tabernacles, Feast of Tabernacles, literally talks about them wandering in the wilderness, living in temporary homes. But remember that time, and remember that I brought you into your permanent home, into the promised land. So I'm going to explain those a little bit more. Just wanted to set you up for a second. We'll get into that, and we'll look at this, uh, at these three feasts and how it will really highlight for us, Pentecost, and I believe instead of something like when you think of the word Pentecostal or Pentecost or Holy Spirit, instead of something being weird or spooky or, I don't know about that one, Pastor, it's something that I believe and hope that you'll understand and want to embrace, and I think it's important for us to look at the different characteristics. Before I do that, I want to take note that these things did happen in the Old Testament for sure, and so there's always that question, well, that's Old Testament, New Testament, but understand in Matthew, I didn't put this in your notes, but in Matthew, the Bible says that Jesus came not to to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. So what we see in Jesus is not a doing away but of a fulfilling or really completing it, and bringing the, the power behind it, the principle of it to another level. In other words, Jesus is saying, we don't have to practice those things. We, fo- we don't follow the practices of the law, we follow the principles of the law. And so, that's what we're going to see when we look at these feasts. So, there's still relevancy to us today. So, we don't follow the practices, but the principles. So, let's take a look at these feasts and see how they're fulfilled in our lives today. The first feast was the feast of Passover. kind of already told you about that, the death angel passing over because of the blood of the lamb. And here's the characteristics of it. The Passover lamb was sacrificed, is to be sacrificed at 9 a.m., That was the rule. In the the Passover feast, the lamb was to be slain at 9 a.m. The next one was the lamb was put in the oven at 3 p.m. Why are you giving us these details? Hold on, I'll tell you. The lamb that was slain was put in the oven at 3 p.m. And the sacrifice symbolically covered their sins. The blood symbolically covered their sin. Now, Jesus fulfills this. We know these things to be true. So Jesus was nailed to the cross, listen to this, at 9 a.m. The nails went into his hands and his feet at 9 a.m. His blood was shed at 9 a.m. He was sacrificed. Jesus then was put into the tomb at 3 p.m. He was put into the tomb at 3 p.m. And his sacrifice, now listen, the sacrifice of Jesus did not just cover, symbolically cover, our sins. The Bible says fulfillment of the law, He removed it. His blood removes sin from our life. Come on, can I get a big amen on that one? Thank you, Jesus. It didn't just cover your sin. It removed it. In other words, God no longer remembers your sin. Quit reminding Him. <laughs> Quit reminding yourself, for that matter. So, most, And so, they're not covered, but they're gone because of what Jesus did. So, Most of us understand that. Obviously, that was a picture of salvation. Jesus was the perfect lamb, the sacrifice. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says this. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. He fulfilled all those. He was nailed to the cross at 9 a.m. He was put into the tomb at 3 p.m. And then his blood, his perfect sacrifice of the lamb, removed removed our sin so we don't have to pay the price, the penalty of sin. Amen. And so, uh, it's important for us to understand that. So, the second feast, Pentecost, the word I already, I already told you, the word means 50, Pentecost means 50, it means 50, 50 days after the Passover. That's today, 50 days after the Passover, that's today, that's what we're celebrating. Here are the characteristics of it. A cloud descended on the mountaintop where Moses met with a loud noise and fire. God wrote his law on tablets of stone. Moses came down with the commandments. 3,000 people died that day because while Moses was on the mountain, some people got tired of waiting. Well, now he's gone. I don't know what happened. That big loud noise must have killed him. So we make a golden calf and 3,000 people started worshiping him. The Bible says the ground opened up and swallowed 3,000 people. So 3,000 people lost their life. And God established the nation of Israel with the laws that they were to live their life by. So, let me show you how this has been fulfilled in the New Testament. In the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, the day that we're celebrating today, the Holy Spirit, you'll see it in just a second, the Holy Spirit descended, the Bible says, with a loud noise, uh, like a rushing mighty wind and fire. God wrote His law no longer on a tablet of stone on a mountain, but on our hearts. 3,000 people did not die that way. When the Holy Spirit power fell, then the the disciples came out of the upper room into the crowd. 3,000 people got saved because of the message Peter preached. And God established what? His church. Jesus fulfilled it, or the Holy Spirit fulfilled it. So God established his church. His church is established on the day of Pentecost. Take a look in Acts 2, 1 through 4. Here's what it says. Acts 2, 1 through 4. Says this, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together 10 days after Jesus ascended, 50 days after the Passover, they're all together. And then suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind, loud noise came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were see- sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, not falling on a mountain, riding on stone tablets, but it separated, fire separated, and came to rest on each one of them, riding God's law on their hearts all of them, say all of them, all of them were filled. It didn't matter where they were from, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We will follow that out a little bit more in the next couple weeks. but. We're going to get back to that, but I want to finish the feast for you. We have one more, and then we'll talk about the day of Pentecost just a little bit more. And the third feast was the Feast of Tabernacles, which was later in the fall. It was in the fall because it was needing to happen during harvest season. Let me give you the characteristics of that. They were wandering the wilderness. They were living in temporary tents or huts. They were brought to their final home, the promised land, Israel, and they celebrated it during the harvest season or in the fall. And it was also called the Feast of Trumpets. Huh, interesting. Also called the Feast of Trumpets. So, okay, this is the feast that has yet to be fulfilled. So Jesus fulfilled the the, the Feast of Passover. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the Feast of Pentecost. And this one is yet to happen. But let me tell you what this feast is. So therefore, if the first feast was fulfilled and the second feast was fulfilled, come on somebody, this feast is yet to come. And so we have something to look forward to. Let me tell you what this feast is all about. Here is number one, we are living on this temporary earth. We are wandering here. We are strangers and aliens. We are not of this world. We are in this world, but not of this world, because we will one day be brought to our final home in heaven. Aren't you glad your heaven is, your home is heaven, amen? There will be, listen, the scripture says in Revelation, there will be a final great harvest of people coming to Jesus, and maybe we're seeing the beginnings of that. And I just want to tell you, when we don't see this in the news and stuff, but we're seeing revival all over this planet. The only place we're really not seeing it is here. Well, we believe that can change, amen? In Jesus' name. We believe that can change as God's pouring out His Spirit, amen? And that's where change will come from, the outpouring of God's spirit as we walk in that. But see, the final great harvest is to come, and there will be, the Bible says, there will be a trumpet sound when Christ returns. 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17 says this, according to the Lord's word, according to what Jesus has said. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not proceed those who have fallen asleep. Those that have already gone before us will go first, for the Lord himself will come down because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, and every day Jesus is saying, today, dad, can I go get them today? And God's like, I'm not yet, son. Hold on. We want some more people to get saved still. We got some more people. You got people you're praying for still, amen? We got, hold on. They got some prayers still to be answered yet. Hold on, son. I'll tell you when. Okay, but just let me know because the horse is saddled. I'm ready to roll. And he's like, hold on. Right, he's ready. And with he will he will come himself from heaven to the where the to the cloud level is with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the what? trumpet call of God. The feast of trumpet, the trumpet will sound and then uh the dead in Christ will rise. First they will come out of the graves. The the spirits that are in heaven will meet them in their glorified bodies first and then we will join them. After that we who are still alive are left be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be lifted the Lord forever, forever, and ever, and ever, and everybody said, amen. amen. Come on, somebody. So that feast, listen, and if you're sitting here today and you're like, well, I'm not really sure. stuff. come on. The first one came to pass, Passover, right? Came to be true because Jesus fulfilled it. The second one we're talking about, God poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost. Those things have been fulfilled. This is happening. And you want to be in the group that is going to heaven. Just a, a little tip for you right there. And if you know people that don't know Jesus, you want them to be in that group. So get busy, right? <laughs> right. And But what you'll need is the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. You'll need that power that empowers you to be a witness. So it's important for us to understand that. Now that we talked through that, I'm going to go back to the Feast of Pente- uh, Pentecost a little bit more and bring all this kind of out now about today. So. Here's the thing, people understand, I, I totally get the Passover part, I, I get the sacrifice of Jesus died on the cross, paid for my sin, I get that, that's a salvation experience, I, I totally understand that, and then people really generally will understand the Feast of Tabernacles, really, okay, this is what I hear, the second coming of Jesus, where the rapture is going to happen, we're all going to go when the trumpet sounds of heaven, I totally get that, but where people have a problem with, which I don't understand, I guess I've been in it my whole life, people have a problem with the part in the middle. But if the first part's true and the last part's true, does that make sense that the middle part's true as well and is important? Now, you don't need the middle part or the Feast of Pentecost or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. That's just based on the blood of Jesus. Don't let anybody tell you different. That's just based on the blood of Jesus. You can get to heaven without this part, but this part's for a while you're still on the planet. And can I tell you, when you're still on the planet, you have things like pandemics, you have things like financial crisis, and you have things like racial crisis. We need the power of Pentecost. We need an outpouring of God's power in our lives to live a victorious life while we're still here. We have work to do. That people get completely confused about the middle one or Pentecost. It's something beautiful. It's not weird. It's not goofy. uh, But it's powerful. And I know some people will tell. Some churches even preached against Pentecost. Or they preached against the Holy Spirit or tongues or those things. And that's really sad. Many of you probably came from that. But it's really a beautiful thing. That's a misunderstanding of Scripture. But this is for while we're still here on the earth, it's a way to live, a way to live in the power of God. And if there ever was a time, it's now for us. On the day of Pentecost, when God, Pentecost, God poured out his Holy Spirit again, then not many understood it then. In fact, the crowd, a lot of them are like, what's going on? These people, are crazy. It's just a bunch of drunk people and they kind of make fun of them. You might be made fun of today if you talk about this experience or if you have it yourself. But let's take a look at Acts 2, 8 through 12, Acts 2, 8 through 12. And here's the crowd that had gathered The most diverse crowd at one place At one time The power of God has fallen on the people in the upper room The outpouring on the day of Pentecost They spilled out into the streets And they're confronted or they're in the, in the middle of all this crowd And they're asking all these questions And these people say this and then how is it, aren't these all Galileans And how is it that we can hear these people in our own native language How can we understand them When none of them are, are like us interesting, because in verse 9, it goes on to say, here's why that question came. Because in that crowd were Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonderful works of God. And can I tell you, I practice those names over and over and over again. (laughs) Has no relevance to this just now. I just want you to know how much I prepare for you. Okay amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And today you might be asking the same thing. Well, what does this day of Pentecost thing mean? And I think it's because that we have a misunderstanding, or it's been something to avoid, and it's not ever meant that way. It's beautiful. It's powerful. But let me tell you one thing that it means, because you see the most diverse group of people, cultures, at one time gathered together. The uh, Holy Spirit power is poured out. So let me tell you the first thing it is. It's to break down barriers and cultures between people. Everyone languages gathered there, and the power of the Holy Spirit broke down those walls and broke down those barriers and brought people together. Oh, do we ever need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our world today to break down the walls and break down the barriers that we have built that divide us so we can come together under the Holy Spirit's power and power of God? And that's the only way it's gonna work. It broke down the things that divided us. And the church began in power and diversity. The establishment of the church began with an outpouring of God's power and the most diverse group of people on the planet at one time. What other model do we need to follow? That's the day of Pentecost. What was the great uniter? What was the thing that brought all these cultures and all these people together? The power of the Holy Spirit. What broke down the walls and the things that divided? The power of the Holy Spirit. We just want the power of the Holy Spirit to come. And he comes, I believe, and he gives us power in three ways. First one is this, he empowers me to live righteously. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to live righteously. Remember, Pentecost was when God gave the law, or the do's and don'ts, or an external set of instructions to his people. And now through Jesus, he's giving us a set He's giving us to the Holy Spirit. He's giving us a set of internal things to live by. No longer an external do's and don'ts, but it's something internal. In other words, I have an internal motivation. And can I tell you, and we all would understand today, if there's ever going to be a change, if there's ever going to be change, it's not going to come from external do's and don'ts. It's going to come from an internal transformation because you cannot legislate unity. You cannot legislate barriers and walls and prejudices and racism away. It only comes from an internal motivation. And that's the power of God to change and transform us from the inside out. So we're living a different, a different set of, of laws or rules, if you will, one of love and acceptance and the power to live and fulfill it, because in your natural ability, I can't live that way in my natural ability. Nobody can. That's why God sent you a supernatural ability, which I'm getting ahead of myself in just a second. But now we have a different set of laws to live by, an internal one, and not an external one. That is, we just can't live that way. We can't. I love that picture, that God wrote something different inside of us. Acts 2.17 says this, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all, say all. All. On all people, all the sons and daughters will prophesy. All the young men will see visions. All old men will dream dreams, not just one group of people or one culture. What he says right here, don't let that freak you out, prophecies, visions, and dreams. You know what he's saying? He's saying, you'll be able to see it the way God sees it. You'll be able to live it the way God wants you to live it. Because you're you're going to be listening to a different voice. You're going to be listening to a different set of rules inside of you. That prophecy and all that just freaks people out because we don't understand it. All it is is God saying, you're going to live a different way. You're going to see it through my eyes. You're going to hear it through my ears. You're going to experience it a different way. See it the way God sees it. There's going to be a new understanding in you. It goes from, I better live right to, I'm going to live right. It goes from I have to live a certain way because of these external set of rules to I get to live a different way because I have a different motivation inside of me. I think it's important for us to understand that that change and transformation comes from the inside out. It's where we go from something you have to do to something you want to do. He changes your desires. Romans 8, 9 says this. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. Obviously, you don't know me that well. I'm still struggling a little bit with the flesh. But anyways, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not, anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. In other words, Paul's saying that you have a greater power within you than a natural ability. Yeah. We can't do it, but with our supernatural empowerment, which we're going to get to, we have the ability to live beyond that. The real purpose of Pentecost is the Lord wants to write a new spirit on the inside of you and empower you to live differently than the world, to live righteously. Number two, he empowers me to live supernaturally. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live supernaturally. God always intended for his people to never have to operate by what they understand and what they can do. He wants uh, them to operate beyond that into what they don't understand and what they can't do, but what he can do. God's people were always supposed to live in a supernatural way, not just a natural way. God always wanted his people to live powerfully, not naturally. I'm so thankful for this one because we need something beyond ourselves. There is a, there's a difference God can make in your life that no human, no church, no pastor, no preaching ever can. And some of you are facing impossible situations that you need a powerful God to do something in your heart and your life. You need a God who still heals. You need a God who still delivers. You need a God who still saves. And not one of us in here wants to serve a powerless God. Because many of us have tried. Oh, we serve all kinds of other gods. Economy, jobs, relationships, own strengths and abilities. That's not the power that God has available for you. And those always will fall short. We can believe in a God who still does miracles today. Acts 2.19 says this. I will show you, listen to this, I will show you wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. You know what signs and wonders, you know what a wonder is? When it happens, you're like, huh, I wonder how that happened. How many times we say that? We know what that is? That's God doing something in your life, right? I tell you when you say, I wonder how that, I know know how, okay, I know how. Someone else will come up to you and say, man, I wonder how that happened. Well, let me tell you. and fire and billows of smoke, God's like, I want to bring my glory into your life. Wherever you are, I want to bring my supernatural power in it. Wherever you are, I want to bring my glory into your marriage. I want to bring it into your family. I want to bring it in your finances. I want to bring it into your body. I want to bring my glory and power in your life to do miracles. God wants you to live a supernatural life, and we need it today. If there ever was a time for the supernatural, we need it today. And here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. A demonstration of God's power. You know, this scripture always makes me think of our friends and brothers and sisters in India that you so generously, graciously support, especially in this time. This time, they're, they're dealing with it on a different level, everything globally over there. And you've been so faithful, so thank you for your generosity. But here's what, how the, how our brothers and sisters in India live because they cannot convert someone or bring someone to a point of conversion by, by preaching or with the intent. So they go into a village that's been closed, never heard the gospel and has so many, um, so many obstacles to it, other religions, and they have to come in. And what they'll do is just start telling stories about a man named Jesus and how he heals and how he loves. And then somebody will just say, uh, and they'll, they'll ask, they'll ask everybody gathered around or it's just an individual, hey do you have anybody sick in your family, do you have anything in your body and someone always will and then all of a sudden we'll bring him here and let's pray for him and all of a sudden God will show up in power and signs, wonders, and miracles and somebody will get healed and the whole village will come to Jesus and nobody had to stand up there and preach a message to them about repentance I'd like to think that messages bring things like that and I think that they help us understand but it's the Holy Spirit that comes to move and work in our lives and the power of God. See, you can't argue away a miracle. You can't reason a logic away a miracle. See, it doesn't have to come with all the goofiness and weird stuff. It, it, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to come with running down the aisles, falling out, spinning wildly. Uh, Pentecostal is not about, because we all know it. we thought, well, Pentecostal, Pentecostal is not all about tambourines, no makeup, buns and handling snakes. It's not all about that. Right? There's no bondage here. I'm just, ladies, you're, you're good. Oh, okay, come on. That's the silence I got when nobody was in the room. It's the same. I feel like right now, in this moment, I'm back a couple weeks ago and nobody's here. Okay, anyways, I'll move on. I tell my wife, I said, I'm glad to have people in the room and the laugh. And she says, only if it's a good joke. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, there is that. <laughs> there is that too. It's about God empowering you to live righteously and supernaturally. And the last one, He empowers us to fulfill. Listen, He empowers us to fulfill His mission. He has a mission for us on the planet to be witnesses. In Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth, He's he empowering us. We need His power to fulfill our mission. In fact, I think this one is so important at the real heart and purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit. i me say it this way At the heart and purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit, because I think people have mixed up at time. It's not for your personal enjoyment or your, your own Holy Ghost party. It's not for your Holy Ghost goosebump or however you want to call it all the time, your, your, your laughter and stuff, which is great, and I totally get all that, I love all that. I tell you, not that, I, I get that, but you know what it's for? It's to reach the lost. It's the, it's the mission that we're on. Those things are great, don't get me wrong, but the heart and purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit, the real sign of the Holy Spirit is not running the aisles or spill, uh, spinning wildly. It's 3,000 people getting saved in one day. People giving their heart to Jesus. Acts 2, 21, Peter comes out under the power of the Holy Spirit. He preaches a gospel message, and look what it says. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 3,000 people gave their heart to Jesus. This is amazing to me, because understand, Peter 50-something days ago was denying Jesus right? Remember, there's a little girl having a, at, a, at a bonfire having some s'mores, and she calls out Peter, and he says, well, that's not, I didn't follow that guy. All of a sudden, he's afraid of a little girl. 50-something days later, he's preaching to 3,000-plus people. Some of them are laughing at him, calling him drunk, making fun of him, and he gives the altar call, and 3,000 people get saved. What's the difference? It's the power of the Holy Spirit that comes to convict people of their sin. It wasn't his message. It was the Holy Spirit. In fact, look at 1 Thessalonians 1, 5, what Paul says. Paul says, because of our, our God gospel, we came to you, not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit, listen to this, and deep conviction, because it's the Holy Spirit that will turn someone's heart. Oh, I'd like to think it was a great message that I preached. I'd like to think it was a great praise and worship moment that we had, but it's the Holy Spirit moving and working on the hearts of people, bringing conviction about their life. Oh man, we need an outpouring. We need the Holy Spirit's power operating in my life. I want to experience Passover. I want to experience the tabernacles one day. But in between that, I want to walk in in the spirit of Pentecost. And really, Pentecost is about empowering believers with supernatural ability to fulfill an important mission. Holy Spirit wants to empower you to make a difference. Break down walls and barriers. You know, going back to that example of Peter when he struggled with the denial of Jesus in the face of even just a little girl and to preaching a message that 3,000 people gave their heart to Jesus in the midst of persecution and mocking and all that kind of stuff. It almost reminds me of the day we live in today, That this church, the church in general, this church, and we as a people need the power of the Holy Spirit to stand up for injustice. You don't think that you can speak out. People are getting hurt and broken because of the color of their skin. Maybe you need a dose of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit power in your life. Because there's where you get your courage. There's where you'll get your boldness. That when you see injustice happening, then you may be the only one that stands up. But then be the only one in the power of the Holy Spirit because it's the right thing to do. It's what the Holy Spirit empowers us to do, to be those witnesses. So we can live a life as a light and make a difference. We don't want superficial Christianity. We want supernatural Christianity. We want to be different than the world. So we have a message the world wants and we need the Holy Spirit power to fulfill the mission God has put us on. And listen, we're living in a time of pandemics and financial crisis and racial crisis. We need to be a people full of the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to embrace the day of Pentecost so we can go out there and fulfill the mission of God and let people's lives be changed forever. doesn't matter what's happening around about us. What matters is change only comes from the empowerment and transformation on the inside. So what do we do? Peter says this, on the day of Pentecost, he says this to the crowds that are gathered. What do we do? They ask the same question in Acts 2, 38 through 39. Peter replied, said this, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. That's a salvation experience. And he says, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, you need, you need the Passover and you need Pentecost. He says you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you because people will say, well, that's just for Acts. It's just for the New Testament church. No, it's not because he goes on to say the promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord will call. And it's for everybody. Everyone needs to embrace the feast of Pentecost. Everyone needs to embrace the day of Pentecost. It's for all of us. The Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And we know the first one has already been fulfilled in many of our lives because we've given our heart to Jesus and we hope and long for that day and look for that day when we'll go to heaven. But what about you're here now? We need to embrace the day of Pentecost. This world needs a church that has embraced Pentecost. Everyone needs a Passover, an encounter with the cross. And everyone needs a Pentecost, an encounter with the Holy Spirit and power. I wrote it this way. We need a cross encounter and a Pentecost power. We need a cross encounter and the Pentecost power to walk in and change this world, amen? God is a good and faithful God. That is what we celebrate today. That is the feast of Pentecost, the day of Pentecost. And I just wanna encourage you, receive, receive Christ as Savior, receive the Holy Spirit. Don't push him away. What do you mean receive the Holy Spirit? Don't push them away. Whatever you've heard, whatever has happened, whatever people have told you, take today for what it, uh, what it is, stands on its own. Hopefully there's an understanding for you there today. Don't push them away. Embrace them. Let's pray. Every hand bound, every eye closed. My heart, my hope was to give you a picture of the day that we celebrate. There's a reason why today is the day of Pentecost. It really happened. It still is alive today. He still is working today. And as much as we understand perhaps about a Passover where there was a sacrifice of blood so that we didn't have to die because of our sin, the price was paid, so we don't have guilt or shame or judgment for that. As much as we understand that one day Jesus is going to come again, either we'll go to heaven because our time here on the earth ends or he'll return again and with a loud trumpet, we'll all be caught up and go to heaven. As much as we look for that day, that rapture or our time in heaven, but in the middle of those two is a, is a Pentecost to embrace, an empowerment to live a life God intended, to be his hands and feet, to point people to the life, love, and power of Jesus, to break down barriers, to break down walls and prejudices. To have boldness and courage in the midst of craziness of life. To stand up against injustice and say that's wrong or that's right. We all need to embrace that. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream.